podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath Podcast as I come to you right now with about 40 different noises noises in my ear that I have no idea where they're coming from. So what? Uh, let me try, there we go, let's try and get that, yeah, no, we're sorted. I commentary from the match somehow coming through my headset and I have no idea how. Aston Villa 3, Hibs nil. Uh, Aston Villa eight Hibs nil, I suppose, really on on um, on aggregate and and a workmanlike performance. Actually, sorry, not a workmanlike performance because that means that they were laboured um, when they were out there today. But I think a professional performance from Aston Villa tonight. Um, Hibs came all guns blazing at the very very start. There was one or two hairy moments. I think um, probably the most animated I've seen everybody on Twitter during the whole lot of that game was when Robin Olsen um, did some sort of a disco shuffle. Uh, with the ball at his feet, right in his right in his goal line. I'm not quite sure what happened there, uh, but uh, that was the most animated I think I saw uh, Villa fans over the course of, of the game. But um, pretty routine for Aston Villa today in Villa Park. Um, we, we mentioned about the we mentioned about the, uh, the the lineup, and I think the lineup was is probably still the talking point of the game. Um, some really good performances out there. Seb Revan. I'm going to talk as everybody's going going to be talking about Kennyman after this because Kennyman was good in parts and 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 absolutely look that guy is some serious talent, absolute serious talent. That that reverse ball he played to Leon Bailey, um, for when Leon Bailey cut it back to John McGinn. Bailey should have just had a shot there. Um, the pass he played to Bailey for for his goal, he got an assist there. It was a pretty routine pass, but sometimes just making the simple decision is the making of a good footballer. Like, how many times does a ball go into a striker or a forward player there and he swings a foot at it and it gets blocked and then, you know, little things like that happen. Or So he, he shifted the ball out to his right and Bailey scored. So Kennyman did really well and we will talk about him again in a moment. But Seb Revan, guys, Seb Revan is going to have a say in this in, in this, uh, this squad. I'm going to say it. I, I know we've got Moreno. I know we've got uh, Dina, and I'm not saying that he replaces either of the two of those. But Seb, Rev- Seb Revan just looks like a professional footballer. He just he just does to me. He's he's assured. He's he's confident. He does the. What, another thing is, look, some people would have. Okay, going to go a bit tangential here now again. So strap in. Um, People who follow me on Twitter for a while will know that there's a couple of players that I'm pretty crit- critical of. Not not in the Villa team, but in, in the English Premier League in, in general. And Mark Kukurea is one of them. I'm pretty critical of him because I think he's got zero positional discipline. I think he's just... I, do, I don't... I genuinely don't think... Like I think it's a lack of professionalism from him sometimes the way he goes out playing left back. When you see a young kid like Seb Revan come in today and do everything right, I think that's fantastic to see. Will he be an England international? No. He won't. Will he have like? But but what he did tonight was really good, and I would have no problem throwing him in in conference games. I would no problem. I have no problem if there was an injury. 
God forbid there is, and touch wood, that if there was an injury to either of our left backs, to bring Seb Revan in for a two or three week stint in the Premier League. I just, I just like him. I just do. And you guys might disagree, but there's, uh, there is something in there. And uh, last, the third little point I want to say is, are we getting to the stage when it's where it's comfortable to say that the most fearsome sight in all of world football is Matty Cash with space in the box, in the in opponent's box? Because he can't stop scoring at the moment. I don't expect you to answer those questions at the moment, but surprisingly, and I didn't expect him to come on, we have Paddy here to answer those questions. Paddy, I'm glad you came on because just before I, I started this, Whoa. I got out the Guinness Nitro and I poured myself a pint, so I, I'm delighted you're here. Well, you enjoy that point as we celebrate the fact that we are 100% going on the European tour. And we've got a lovely day tomorrow to look forward to and all the all the bells and whistles that will go with a fella in a suit for a half an hour telling us how the draw is going to work and seeing where we're going in far-flung parts of Europe. And it's exciting, exciting times. I know it wasn't that exciting tonight. It was almost like watching a John McGinn's testimonial, we call it tonight, I'd say. Uh, nearly got on the goal sheet, got, got on the score sheet and all as well. Um, yeah, look, it was, uh, it, it was uh, we had our own little group chat going on there talking about sunshine on Leith. I think that was one of the highlights of the night and fair play to them yeah. for, um, for, for getting really stuck into that. Apologies to those in the... Uh, in, in the comments, I did miss the first 20 minutes of the match, so um, I did see the goal um, that I missed, and what a joy it was at halftime to watch it back, and you know, why not rule it out, this fella being one hell of a footballer, he just needs to be tamed a little bit, but I think John Duran has the potential to, 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 be, uh, to be nurtured into a decent footballer. His run for the goal was fantastic. Sorry, I just we, we get onto that in a moment. When I was talking about Seb Revan there, guys, I wasn't exactly saying he was the second coming of Roberto Carlos. I just see some of the comments there. I just thought he was he didn't look out of place there today. I looked really good, and I would have no problem throwing him in there for a game or two in in the Premier yeah. League if we if we absolutely had to when we had injuries. You well, know, let, let me um, let me because just because he did everything right. Let me play devil's advocate here with regards to the system we play. He may not fully fit into that system in, in a fully-fledged Premier League game, but I fully expect us to utilise him in Europe, and he probably will get game time, especially towards the back end, or depending on who the the, the opposition is at the back end of our, our, uh, our group stages. So, you know, he obviously has a lot of faith in him to, to play him. Uh, obviously, a lot of faith in Kellyman as well, who's been in and around the first team since since the start of pre-season. So I thought he was excellent tonight. I think he, I think he did the simple things really, really well. Joining 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 the play really, really well. And for a young fullback um, who who played in position I played in, I think that's the most important thing that you you don't give the ball away, you don't do anything stupid, and you you don't stand out as being a liability. And he certainly did not. He was excellent tonight. Yeah, and, and, and I, I agree. You know, like. He's not going to be the complete package. Like he's not going to be a marauding fullback. It's his first proper full start. Yeah, if you want to count that FA Cup game against Liverpool when he was playing with all the rest of the kids, that that's that that to me is look that's that's a, a photo book moment for him. But tonight was actual proper real competitive stuff. And you know he was he went out there. He was given a job to do. He did it judiciously. And um, I just like 
the reason I'm the reason I'm singling him out over over Kenny Man isn't because I think he's going to be a superstar. It's because I think he had the harder of the two jobs. Kenny Man was given a bit of more role in behind in behind John Duran, and I know Kenny Man can really Kenny Man can definitely become a Premier League footballer. I had I didn't know what I said Revan did beforehand, and. I may be, like as I say, this is this the opposition for Hibs today against Hibs today were okay. They attacked. They they actually went for um for Callum Chambers in in the first half. They had one or two attacks down that side. Didn't come really to fruition. Well, it did. There was a couple of pinball scrambles or whatever. But just that Seb Revan surprised me more than anybody else in the field today because I just didn't think he looked out of place. And I think that's like that's 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 a, that's a that's down. That's testament to Unai Emery. It's testament to the kid as well because it's testament to Unai Emery. And um, you know, it just goes to show. I asked beforehand, Paddy, could we see some of these players come in and fit into this system and not look out of place? That was my big thing. I said in the t- in the team sheet tantrum, and I said in the in the in the pre match, and they didn't look out of place. And that's no. yeah, the opposition was poor. Don't get me wrong, the opposition yeah. was poor, but the system still looked really coherent. And it actually looked lackluster at times because it looked because they were so comfortable with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and you're right, you're right to talk about the opposition because let's face it, we're talking about a team that's bottom of an SPL, which take two teams out of it are never gonna get a team to qualify for Europe and, and not gonna not gonna get higher up the scale for someone to qualify for the Champions League automatically, like has happened this year. So that ha- that's an important preface for this. But Rev Revan I've 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 seen him so many times. He he's looked like a player, but today I thought he looked like a man. He's filled out well. He 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 bossed that side of the pitch. He was demanding the ball. When he yeah. got the ball, he didn't do anything stupid. And and that's all you want from him. That's all yeah. you want from him. But um I have I have to say I'm I'm really enthused looking at O'Mary Kellyman. It just he just makes me smile because I just he he just and, and you know what it, it was even better to see him play with John Duran. Because they're two guys that wouldn't, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, wouldn't look out of place, kicking ball around between two trees over at Aston Park and just loving life. That's the way they look. They look like two fellas just been let loose to play ball. And, you know, there's there's definitely talent in O'Marty Kellyman. And we've oh, got a great yeah. we've got a great management team and a great coaching team to get the best out of him. So he is definitely one for the future. If not one for now. With regard this these European games, with regards to whoever we get in 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 Carabao Cup ties, you wouldn't know he might he might be thrown in there too. But uh, yeah, two two very promising uh, stories to come out tonight to have those two young fellas in there and doing so well. And he nearly got his goal there at the end as well. Mm. Whip on that shot was incredible. An awful pity it didn't go in. Yeah, the commentator said it was inches, maybe millimeters wide. I think it was a bit further wide than that, but but you know, it like, no, the, but but the, the the great thing I think about Kenny Man is when I looked at him today, I didn't see bar he's maybe the fact that maybe he's a stone to put on. I didn't see a seventeen-year-old kid, and that's what he is, seventeen. Like Omari Kenny Man won't be eighteen until the middle of next month, and he's made his European debut. Yeah. And and we we'll get on and we'll talk about him as well. I know why you want him because you want to be able to put Kelly Man in the back of your jersey. Just <laughs> take, take, uh, and then hope that it peels off. Um, uh, but uh, Neil, it, this is the most yeah. Ir- Irish abroad message you've ever got. <laughs> Hello, Neil, Neil and Paddy. 
from Sydney, having rashers and pudding here for Brecky. How did John Duran play? <laughs> <laughs> that is quite Irish, in fairness. That, that's and a real Friday play. breakfast, isn't it? For a, for a Friday morning in Sydney. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised we are, our heads aren't putting you off your breakfast, Stephen. That's uh, <laughs> it's, it's mad to think that people throw this on and cook the breakfast while they're watching it. That, that to me, blows my mind. Um, but we got on to John Duran in a minute because he's he's the third person that I want to talk about. And then, obviously, there's there's, there's a couple of more. But Kennyman, just, just on the Kennyman piece, if, once he fills out, he's he's a tall, he, like he looked tall. He looked rangy when he was out there. Um, at the start, yeah, they went into him. Like, they, they, they tried to... They tried the Scottish Premier League him, you know. They they, they kicked yeah. him a bit, uh, but he got up and he turned. And uh, you know, as the game went on, I I think the turning point for him was about five, maybe seven minutes. I'd say before he's passed to ba- to Bailey, a ball came to him, and uh, and he was it was the first ball he was properly able to trap it trap into his body, and he trapped it into his body, and he just played a simple pass. Prior to that, they were all over him like white on rice. And that's what you do to young kids, you know, and and it was great. And he and he got knocked down a couple of times and it was a couple of times where the ball bounced off him. And that's brilliant. That's great because the second, the first time the ball came into me, he laid off that pass. He, he just kind of grew in confidence for the rest of the game. Six, seven minutes later, he plays off the right ball to Bailey. There's no, like, it's not a showreel ball or anything he plays to Bailey, that one where Bailey scores, but it's the right option. And that's what I'm saying. If you've got a young kid at 17 years of age who takes direction and knows exactly how to play the ball, over time his spontaneity will come into come into uh, come into view. Then you look at him in the second half. That reverse ball was just caramel. It was absolute brilliant. That reverse ball he played in and Betty squared it to, to McGinn. That was beautiful. And as you say, that shot, that shot as well. You know, he'll perfect those over time. That little around the corner shot. Um, I know I said this about Cameron Archer with regards to how he how he takes snapshots, but this guy kind of reminds me of from a stature point of view, not not the way he shoots or anything, but from a stature point of view and the way he moves around the field. And I'm going to be hyperbolic here. Allow me to be hyperbolic, but he reminds me he is the same kind of build as a, as a Nicholas Anelka when he goes around the field. And if he can be 60, 70, 80% of the player of Nicholas and Elka, then we'd be, we'd be on to a good one because they, don't forget as well, we went and we poached this guy. Poached this guy from Derby, if I'm not mistaken, Paddy, wasn't it? It was, it was Derby. And uh, he was highly thought of. And Derby were in the dumps with financially. We poached this guy at 16 years of age. We brought him on in the academy this season. He's been he's been uh, knocking paint off the ball, scoring goals. And now he's got a, now he's, Imagine being 17 and making your professional debut in Europe. Like, incredible stuff. Incredible. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal for him. The, the guy has, has a great future ahead. Um, you know, he 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 obviously, the Derby thought very highly of him and had him there from a very young age and nurtured him through and and eventually ended up getting a move to Aston Villa, which is... Which, you know, we, we don't do that lightly to, to other clubs. You know, the players that we've brought in like that have all shown great potential. So they see him up there as as, as one of those players. And look, it's coming to fruition already. And it, as we always say, if they're old enough, they're good enough. Yeah. If, if, if he's if he's able to 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 hold up, hold up against, you know, let's face it, it's a different type of tackle that you're putting up with in the SPL than you are in Europe. So if he's able to hold it up there... If he if he can hold his own in Europe and get a few, and get a few goals out there, it'd be absolutely brilliant for the kid. But let's not jump ahead of ourselves. We've 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 uh, oh, we've bigger course. battles ahead and, and a transfer window to get through tomorrow. And uh, 
we could see someone come in, which which could mean that he might have to take a seat on the bench for a while. And that that's fine too. But we'll we'll, we'll have to wait and see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, absolutely. You know that we're all about balance in this podcast as well, Paddy. Um, YouTube Premium M with uh, LA Lakers star LeBron James as their avatar says, Seb Revan was not good today, let alone Paddy being obsessed with Revan. Paddy, you're obsessed with Revan. It was me. I'm Neil. I'm the one who was obsessed with Revan. I was the one who was doing all the talking about Revan. If you want to comment in the exact same thing with my correct name in there, that'd be cool. Um, but I think he was good today. That's fine. Um, I just, I just want to highlight. I don't think anybody else. It's My name is Neil. I don't think anybody else in the comments said he wasn't good today. Anyway, well, it's, it's not. I've no problem with people thinking he's not good. I just, it's, it's that it was me who was talking about him. I don't want you to be unfairly slandered. That's that, that's that's what it is. Um, you think that bothers me? <laughs> it never hasn't done in the past. Um, John Duran, Paddy. John Duran's goal uh, today. That run he made for the goal. The, the pass from Potares. Fantastic. The run for the goal, I thought, was as good. And you know what? Rambo McNally pointed it out at halftime about that run. And uh, when you've got somebody like like Rambo who, you know, was able to play the game of football, but maybe would not have played, not have been on the end of a pass like that, more of a one that went, the Rambo's (laughs) ball, the Rambo probably went above 60 foot (laughs) higher in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he was able to pick that out. And I must say one thing, actually, I thought that halftime piece between himself and Michelle uh, Owens was really good. You know, I thought there, that they're actually a really good combination. And and she's a fantastic presenter. Um, and his coat, his coat was nothing short of immaculate as well. The coat was unbelievable. I, I took oh, a photo. I just took a photo of it in the telly. I want one of them coat. <laughs> you took a photo of it. Might, told your wife, Christmas present, please. Christmas I might present. not be able to afford one of them, but we'll uh, we'll have a look and see. <laughs> yeah, but but the the the, the pass was. Um, the pass was great, I thought. Uh, but the finish, I thought, was it was just instinctual. Rambo was right, though. Where was David Marshall going? But at the same time, the goalkeeper can come out all they want. It's how you finish it past them is the is the issue, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it was, it was a brilliant finish, um, and a lot of people I saw on Twitter saying we 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 don't have a striker that would have finished that other than him. But look, it, it, we we know that Ollie Watkins is well able to score goals, and and that, that will come again. It did come against Hibs last week, albeit the opposition was was not as good as it is in the Premier League, and he will get back to scoring Premier League goals. But it's great to have another option. It's absolutely brilliant to have another option, regardless. We can have the best goalkeepers in the world make mistakes and not come for things properly or come for things that they've no right to win. We've seen Emmy Martinez do it in the past. That is just the way the game goes. But when you get your chance, you have to take it. And by God, did he take it. And what I loved about how he took it was he held off the man and and a robust challenge from Rocky in order to get the, to get the shot on target. So, like, fair play to him. You have to give the credit where it's due. I just I wish we had a player called Rocky on our team. I do like it's just like it's just you have to call him Rocky. You don't call him by his surname. You just call him Rocky. You know I think that that that's what it was. Uh, and I must give him a shout out as well. In the first half, um, I think it was after the first goal, the, the corner that came in. Look, and not not dragging him at all, but. Some single handedly one of some of the worst defending at a corner. He he put in Pau Torres spun him around uh, or spun him like just basically turned him and he just grabbed a, a fistful of Pau Torres's jersey <laughs> at one stage and he was still a foot behind him. He didn't even move. Didn't even move. I don't know how. Like obviously 
you know, you don't want to you don't want to kick a team when they're down, but like that was a penalty all day long. And Jed Steer, I think, was being diplomatic, who I thought was really good on commentary as well in AVTV. Yeah. He was being diplomatic and he said, Oh, I don't think that one's going to be given. And the jersey was stretched about half a foot behind Torres. It was a definite penalty, like. But um, you know, I, I, I'm obviously we don't crawl, we wouldn't crawl about that. But um, I thought the referee gave, had a good performance tonight, Paddy. As I turn off my TV here in front of me. Yeah, look, it's, there was a. I, I thought he, he let a couple of robust challenges go that he, he could have done something about and maybe calmed it down a little bit. Obviously, after missing the first twenty minutes, I needed to. Uh, I would have needed to catch up and see, but I I I went actually went onto the app to see was anyone booked early on, and I was surprised to see that it wasn't, considering some of the robust stuff that was going in. But uh, look, he, he had very little to do today, to be honest. Couple couple of uh, couple of questionable challenges, but other than that, very little to do. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't much to do. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, after the first ten minutes, the 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 huff, like the bluster from, and this once again, I hope if there are any Hibs fans watching this. We're not kicking. We're not kicking inwards. We're not kicking downwards or anything here. It was just a symptom. Symptom of the fact that the, that the team were five 0 down uh, coming into this. Um, and look, there's there's other situations or there's other battles that will need to be fought for Hibs other than trying to turn around a five nil, uh, a five nil deficit. But um, like after the first 10, 15, 15 minutes, Hibs came. And if they'd gotten an early goal, it would have been good for the tie. And they didn't get it that time. The time there was a screwball scramble. And there was a couple of times, as I said, where Omari Kellyman got um, got the, the 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 heavy treatment, I think, a, a couple of times, which you do to young kids when they're on the field. But I think after that, then the game kind of settled down and Aston Villa just passed them around, uh, around the park. I, I didn't see any statistics after the game, Paddy. I don't know if you saw them. But um, I didn't see what like the possession statistics were. But I'd be blown away if Villa didn't have 60, 60 or more percent of the uh, of, of possession. And that's just the way the game felt. There was big portions I think in the second half whereby you could have walked out and done the washing or made yourself a sandwich and come back, and there wouldn't have been much happened, you know. But um, all in all, I think that's the way Villa wanted it. They wanted to conserve energy. They want, wanted to conserve energy while still be able to bring people off the bench like Diego Carlos came off the bench. Then Donker got minutes. I thought he looked really good. Watkins came off the bench. McGinn came off the bench. So they gave yeah. the tie the respect that it deserved. But at the same time, there was an, there was an opportunity to conserve energy. And, and, and you can do that by passing the ball around and being comfortable by being ball dominant, I think, throughout. Yeah. Felt a bit more. The stats I'm looking at here says 61%. Yeah, I, I'd say that could be okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, it felt, it felt about that. You know, it, it's very difficult to have like a seventy percent. That game Brighton against against West Ham was obviously seventy percent or, or whatever possession to, to 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 Brighton, but you know, it's it, it can be difficult to get that in a game. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah, um, Jack makes a good point here. Uh, Jacob Ramsey is the player he is because Dean Smith trusted him to play in the Prem. You know that's that's what makes the player. If you if you if you've got a manager that trusts in you and throws you in there, then it's up to you to either sink or swim. And thankfully, Seb Revan, Amari Kellerman, a few others have have really uh, put their head above the parapet for their uh, pre-season and again tonight. So good luck to them. But we still need a couple of players, Neil. <laughs> I still think we need a couple of players. 
You read my mind. I didn't even know you were coming on the podcast. That's the third time already. That's that's when you know that there's a comfortability between two people on the podcast. I didn't even know you were coming on tonight. And that's the third time you've set me up for what the next thing I wanted to talk about was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously attention is going to turn now towards transfer windows. Clement Longley looks like he's going to come in. We're going to do. So tomorrow is going to be a busy day on the podcast. Today was a busy day. A busy day for, for me. I think I was on four of the podcasts today as well. But um t- like tomorrow you, but no no not like me <laughs> um today tomorrow is going to be a busy day we are going to stream the conference league draw group draw live um so you'll have live reaction here with us tomorrow with me sorry with me tomorrow um and then tomorrow evening uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be on the I'll be, I'll be in a meeting waiting on my phone to light up to tell me who we have <laughs> yeah um, and then tomorrow evening at half 10, we're going to come and do a bit of a transfer window roundup. And potentially if there's any other breaking news of players that are might be signing during that period of time, I think it would take a, a band of wild horses to keep me away from doing a statistical analysis of them if I could or, or put something together anyway to think of my thoughts. So tomorrow's going to be busy, but I just wanted to mention that. But Paddy, What's your feeling on tomorrow? What's your gut feeling tomorrow? Um, because we, we we aren't in the know. We don't know. But my gut feeling tomorrow is long lay plus one. Do you think it's do you think the plus one is adventurous or do you think it's ambitious of me? Well look, I I I don't claim to know any inside information or if if somebody tells me something, I would say it on the podcast if if they did. But I have a feeling that Longley could be our only signing tomorrow. I just think he maybe doesn't buy into the, the, the panic boy. So unless there's something bubbling under, and let's face it, since Manchi came in, every time we're linked with someone, it's leaked. So it's not like the old days where Danny Ings is just announced and he's there, or Leon Bailey, or you know all of these signings that were just uh, Christian Porslow ones kept under the radar until they were done. So. You know, I know we've got bodies out the door, but I just refuse to believe that he would do anything with regards to a panic boy. So unless there's some oh, yeah. irons in the unless there's some irons in the fire and it's already ready to go, then I don't believe that he will make any other signings other than that. But I'm hoping there's ones there that w- that haven't been spoken about that are that are ready just for the final day, for a merry-go-round, for another team to get someone in, for him to leave, or whatever way it goes on on the last day. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple of unknowns come in from Spain or Italy or whatever, a a couple of younger players. But uh, other than that, I just just can't see where they're going to come from. And, And it's just because everything else has been leaked. Everything else we've been interested in has been leaked. So... Um, if if something was in the pipeline, I believe we probably would have heard about it by now. And that's why I think there is a player that we will sign tomorrow. That's why, but I don't think it'll be a striker. Um, I think Nicolas Aniolo is going to cover a multitude of positions for us if needed. I think um, Abde from uh, from Barcelona. I just have this feeling that if you're in negotiations with Barcelona, there's a potential if they need you to take another player that you can do another deal with them because they are in registration hell at this moment in time. 
They need to get center halves. They need to get left backs. They need to get they need to get those registered. They need to get um uh Marcus Lanzo registered. Yeah, so there's registration issues for them there, and the only way they can do that is by finagling the the, the, the squad a, a certain way. They're also there has been this big build-up to Abde wanting to to move, and uh, but it'll only be on a permanent. That to me still smacks of Aston Villa because we can't sign players on loan tomorrow. Yeah, we can't. We 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 can't. So if anybody's thinking, oh, cheeky loan deadline day can't happen because we can't register them. We will register two loan players in Clement Longley unless that turns into being a a, a last-minute full-time transfer. But we will have Longley and we will have Saniolo. So it's whatever we do tomorrow has to be a permanent transfer. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I will I am prepared to say tomorrow that yes, I'm happy with the transfer window, but disappointed we don't have another striker. So that's why my feeling is that Saniolo might come in and cover two cover two bases, as in striker slash um mm. slash slash uh, wide midfielder. And then we bring in the young kid from Barcelona. I think I think maybe something like that is 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 what we could do. Uh, Philippe Coutinho going out looks like he's going to go to, going to go to Qatar. I was hoping maybe he got to Betis and we could use him as a as a as a <laughs> a chess piece to get Borja Iglesias in the thirty year old striker that I wanted. This, um, you know, the, am, I, am, I correct, am I correct in saying that he doesn't have to go to Qatar tomorrow? That their transfer no, window is closed. Okay. So that, yep. that, kind of, we, that kind of changes things a little bit because it, if he it was doesn't to go, really pa- sorry, go on. Well, sorry, I'm, I'm well it's just on. look. Well, look, the the space has already been freed up. It would just be more space and more money off the books with regards to 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 the bottom line for wages. But um, I would rather if he was going to get this out of the way in the morning and and let him go now and and know exactly what we're going into for from from tomorrow evening to be. To be done and dusted, and not having a, not having a hanging over us that somebody could be going to Qatar or Saudi Arabia or whatever that may be, and uh, just to batten on the hatches and, and and settle in for the next four months until the the your favorite time of the year reopens again, and we, we head into Christmas looking at what we're going to do in January. But look, he's getting he's getting a tune out of what we have. Um, we've we've been excellent since Newcastle. Obviously, we got a stern test at the weekend, which will. Will be an eye opener to see where we're at, but I I hope what I said makes sense and I didn't feel like I was contradicting myself. I just I just think that he's not going to buy anything that's that's going to be just a, a a panic, and whatever whatever comes in will already be in the pipeline. And we just it, there's been too much talk about everybody that's come in already for it to go under the radar, and that's why I'm of the opinion that it may not happen. Um, I think I think. Teams don't make panic signings anymore. Sorry, no, that's that that's a stupid yeah. statement. Let me re, let me retract that one again. Let me retract that. I don't think good teams make panic panic signings anymore. Um, I, I I'm gonna I'm I'm fully open to criticism on this one, but Nottingham Forest sacked the guy to because of the transfer window to bring him back and go through exactly the same transfer window that they're going through right now. They're really quiet. Next thing they bring this fella back, they were linked with like eighteen thousand people today. And uh, it looks like they're going to sign about fourteen of that eighteen thousand. Uh, so it's uh, I, I I don't know that the Forest have their own way of doing things. Villa have their own own way of doing things. Um, but there are players out there, is what I'm saying. And and I think that uh, you know, I think more so fans and media label people as as panic signings um, than than clubs do. I think clubs sign bodies for sure. 
I think they sign bodies, and I think they try and cover their cover their bases. Um, and Villa might very well do that with a striker tomorrow. As I said, hey, I've been saying it since day one of the transfer window. Where's my 30-year-old striker that, that, that no one expects to come, that no one expects anything of? Journeyman striker, Fernando Marientes type, that all of a sudden scores nine goals, and, and seven of those are, are, are match winners. You know, there could be something like that in, in, in tomorrow, but I'm not expecting it. I'm more hopeful of it, if that makes sense. Um, and the only reason is, all the old strikers have gone to Saudi. That's my big thing at the moment. All the old strikers are playing in the MLS or they're playing in, in Saudi. So I couldn't name one at the at, at the minute that we could potentially sign. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting tomorrow. But as I say, I, I was hoping that the Betty's thing would come come true because they've got a couple of players that wouldn't mind using as make weights in the in the Coutinho deal or making Coutinho make weight for for them in a deal, should I say? Yeah. Hey, do you know what? Go away. Go down. Go down to Brazil and sign Hulk or something like that. Do something <laughs> mad like that. That's the, what I'm the, the only the only person that fits your description that I've heard any conversation about was Alvaro Morata, and I don't think he would be our kind of player. But uh, yeah, that's that's the only one that that could be on the float tomorrow that uh, that he could pick up, and and that's just me being lazy because he's Spanish. So. Anyway, that, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think Morata is going to look at Italian team in for me, English team in for me. I'll pick the slower league. I think that's, <laughs> I think that, I think that's what he would do. Um, yeah, it'll be look, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. Um, as I say, I want an attacker so badly. I want an extra attacker, whether it's behind the behind the striker or an actual striker himself. I want it. I'm not expecting one. I'm more hopeful. But we will obviously... Clement Longley is done deal. It's done. Barring that they find that there's worms in his knee or something like that, he's signing tomorrow. Um, then again as well, you know, you have your match day personnel and you have your non-match day personnel. So just because we were playing a game today, like like a couple of people I saw on Twitter today said, oh, I think we're done now because we're playing Hibs on Thursday. And you're going... Yeah, but what the hell does Johan Lange and what does Manchi and what does Rob McKenzie and what does all these guys, what do they actually have to do on match day? Nothing. They could just as easily watch it on TV on exactly. the floor trying to do a deal, you know. So um, who knows? Who know? I, I think tomorrow is going to be a wild ride, though. I think we're going to be linked with players that we've no hope of signing tomorrow. No hope at all of signing tomorrow, just like every other deadline day. And I think the Joe Felix thing might, might rear its head. I have no no hope that Joe Felix is going to sign Fast and Villa tomorrow. He's going to be in a Barcelona jersey. Um, and that's it, I think, tomorrow. That's my doesn't, thoughts, doesn't doesn't strike me as something that would happen either. No. It's uh look, there's a, there's a lot of names people talking about hijacking Anzu Fati as well. Or that, that's ah, that's don't mind Anzu Fati, uh, Anzu fantasy football player, um, as I saw him referred to as well today. Good player, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's. I think another slight winger isn't what we need. Um, Gig Sharma says here, El, El Nesri from uh, Sevilla, he's rumored to be available for 20 million. He's probably one of the best headers of the ball in world football at the moment. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I, we've not been linked to him. So, and plus, it seems like when Sevilla rings up Manchi, they look at the phone and they go, "Oh, for fuck's sake, what's this fella doing?" Here? <laughs> Do you know, that's, that's what it seems. Or, or like. another oh, zero goes on the end of it. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like. You know. 
So it's uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting one tomorrow, as I say. But um, like uh, we we could sign a top class player for for forty million tomorrow, which I which I think there's probably about a five percent chance of. We could sign a completely unknown striker that none of us have ever heard of tomorrow, which I think there's probably a forty percent sign chance of. And I think that we could sign no one tomorrow, and I think there's probably an eighty percent chance of that. No striker outside of Langley tomorrow. I think there's probably an eighty percent chance of that. But um, so we, hope we, springs we, eternal. We spoke, we spoke about the transfer window there for ten minutes and actually said nothing. So there you go. <laughs> Powerful Clement Langley. That's 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 more or less done and dusted. Exactly. So he's exactly. in the country. Probably behind the, the the black glass in uh, in the north stand watching the match tonight. Hopefully, and hopefully he enjoyed what he saw, and look forward to playing with his new teammates. Uh, Simon Kenny has says, "Have you ruled yourself out of a transfer, Neil?" Um, I haven't ruled myself out of a transfer. I've ruled it out, out myself out of a transfer to Aston Villa. Um, just because I don't think Aston Villa need another five foot eight, a combative midfielder. But um, there's quite a lot of Premier League teams that do need that type of player. Sean Dyche, if you're there, if you're watching, give me a call. Call me. Um, <laughs> but uh, apart from that, no, I don't think I I, I, I think I'm going to be staying put tomorrow. And uh, Spencer Bakewell that says that's a hell of an anorak. It's it's not an anorak. It's actually a massively oversized hoodie, which is really comfortable. The day today here in Ireland started off really winterish, so I threw this on. But um, yeah, it looks uh, looks like a, a Washington. Uh, no, right, it's not, Levi's I'm not call that name from... anymore, did I? <laughs> no, no, it's no. not. No. A Washington NFL jumper is what I thought it was. Anyway. <laughs> Washington football team. Uh, that's what they were called last season. Is that what they're called now, is it? <laughs> that's what they were called last season. Tumblr Turnpike, oh, we might have to finish. We're, we're getting suggestions of Billy Sharp being that striker. He's gone to LA Galaxy. I think he's fine. I think he's going to take the sun uh, where he is at the moment. Um... Right, guys, I think we're going to do that. I think we'll do it, at, call it at that, should I say. Call it a, a, a pod at that. Jesus, I'm, lo- I'm looking up here in the top uh, left-hand corner. It's telling me that there were 710 people on here at one stage, and there's 589. Thank you so much, everybody, for your time. Um, really, really appreciate you. Don't forget the thumbs up. The opportunity to take our, 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 to, to watch us or the time to look at us. Um, yeah, thumbs up and subscriptions if you're not already subscribed. I really appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow. We will cover the UEFA draw live. We will cover the uh, the end of the transfer window live as well tomorrow and anything in between. If it does break, we'll come on for, for short podcasts. So, um, yeah, thanks so much, everybody. We'll also be back. Jesus, Paddy, when we're going to fit in the, the, the Liverpool preview. Uh, we might have to record this directly after this and then pre-record it and, and pop it out at some stage on Saturday. But Well, I, I'm, I'm sitting here worrying about how I'm going to get through a day's work with everything that's happening tomorrow. i obviously not going to get on your podcast. Plus, then I've got to travel to Liverpool for the game. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you're going to fit me into your plans. But, uh, I don't know where I'm going yeah. to fit myself into my plans, Paddy. But... <laughs> It's, uh, but you know what? It's great. It's great because everything the Villa are doing at the moment is exciting. So it'd be a lot worse if we were in a, in the doldrums and had all these. Like it'd become an inf- inconvenience. Whereas now at the moment it's absolutely fantastic. So we wouldn't have it any other way. Um, big day tomorrow though. Big day transfer window. Big day conference league. Um, and uh, I hope you guys will spend it with us as well. You know. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. 
Gun leave it at that. Aston Villa three Hibs nil. Aston Villa eight Hibs nil over the course of two legs. We're on the road to Europe and really excited to see where what far flung places we're going to be thrown to um in the in, in for the rest of the coming season. Um but yeah, great stuff. Aberdeen coming our way in the group. You know it's <laughs> happening, like you know that is happening for sure. Um but uh yeah, listen, uh gonna leave it at that, everybody. Thanks William for joining us. In the meantime. Uh, we will be back later tomorrow, as I say. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and all this stuff to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.